Today's year begins on Daf Mem Tes. In the middle of the Omid, you will notice a Mishnah, 23 lines from the top of the page. Before we read the actual text, we glance at the side where we have our <coughs> no say topic heading. Ha'av eno chayov b'mezoinois bonov. This is a point that we mentioned in our previous shiur, that a father, by letter of the law, and emphasize letter of the law, is not obligated to feed his children. The Mishnah. Ho'av eno chayov b'mezoinois bitoi. A father, when he's alive, is not obligated to support his daughter. Uh, the following is a lecture, a teaching that Rebbe Lozer Ben Azariah spoke uh, or taught the Chachomim, uh, uh, lectured to the Chachomim on the day that he, Rebbe Lozer, was appointed as the head of the Jewish people, as the Nasi in the in a in Yavne. In the yeshiva of Yavna, Kerem is a vineyard. It's described as a vineyard because in the yeshiva, the students uh, sat in rows, row after row, like you find in a Kerem, a vineyard. And what did Rebbe Lozer teach? Abonim Yershu, Vabonos Yazunu. Sons inherit, daughters are supported. Yazunu from the word mozon, food, and we'll say food uh, support in the sense of being fed. Just like when you deal with uh, inheritance, the inheritance of the sons takes place only after the father died. So to the daughters do not draw from their father's property for their support unless the father died. The Gemara Continues, Bimizonos Bito Hu Deeno Chayav. The Mishnah stated what it did, leaving room to infer certain points. And the Gemara will then draw the inferences and then try to find who is the author of our Mishnah. So in the meantime, our Mishnah had stated that a father is not obligated to support his daughter. Ha Bimizonos Bino Chayav. That would leave room to think that for the Mizonos, the support of his son, he is bound. Bitonami, Chovahudaleka, Ha Mitzvahika. With regard to the daughter, there isn't a there isn't an obligation, but there is a mitzvah. There's in Halocha you find from time to time different uh, gradations. You have something that's absolutely obligatory. There are things that are not obligatory, but if you do so, you are said to be fulfilling the will of halacha, the will of Hashem, a mitzvah, the fulfillment of a precept, of a commandment. I hesitate to use the word commandment because the word command indicates something that one is obligated in doing, and as one, one must one is required, and here we're making a distinction between the fulfillment of a precept as opposed to something that one is absolutely obligated in fulfilling. So we have what's taught in the Mishnah with its accompanying inferences. 
So just to review, with regard to the mizonos of a son, one would be obligated to do that. And with regard to a daughter, true, there's no letter of the law obligation, but there is a mitzvah in, in, in supporting one's daughter. Well, all that having been said, the Gemara asks a long question. Moni Masnison, who is the author of the Mishnah? Now, that's a fairly short question, but the question is being asked in light of the fact that we have three Tanaic opinions that deal with this topic, and our Mishnah, as it's stated with its accompanying inferences, doesn't match any one of them. Now, structurally, let us point out that after the long question is raised, the Gemara goes on to answer, an interesting answer, a threefold answer, meaning each one of the, of the names cited as not being possible authors of the Mishnah, each one turns out to be, in fact, a possible author of the Mishnah. So that, uh, if you will, you can, you can refer to all of this as one, as one long response, a long answer. Now, we go to the, uh, to the, uh, the Gemara text. When asked, Asking the question, Moni Masnison, the Gemara goes on to say, Lo Rebbe Meir, Velo Rebbe Yudah, Velo Rebbe Yochum and Broka. It doesn't seem to conform to any of these opinions. And uh, each one of these opinions will be uh, featured in a Tanaic source, as you can see. The Sanya, Mitzvah Lozun Es Habonois. There is a Mitzvah in in uh, supporting one's daughters, Kavachomer, Lebonim, Deaski, Betorah, Diverbi Meren, all the more so there is a mitzvah in supporting one's sons as they study Torah. The mitzvah of Talmud Torah, the commandment of, of the study of Torah, is a commandment that applies to the male gender. Rabbi Yudah Omer, mitzvah, Lazun es Habonim. There is a mitzvah in supporting one's sons. The Kalvachomer Labonos Mishum Zilusa, and all the more so, there is a mitzvah in supporting one's daughters because otherwise they are sub are they would be sub, uh, subject to uh, degradation. Zilusa, literally cheapening uh, uh, for a a young girl, and that's what we're talking about here, uh, young children to go out to beg for uh, food is uh, is belittling. And when it comes to our concern over the honor and dignity of our children, we have even greater concern when it comes to the the dignity of our uh, female children. Rabbi Yochan Mibroka Omer, Choval Lozun Es Habonos Liachar Misas Avihen. There is an, an, an obligation to sustain, to uh, sustain one's daughters after the death of their father. But when their father is alive, uh, daughters and sons are not supported. Moni Masnison. Who is the author of our Mishnah? If you were to think that our Mishnah is Rabbi Meir, but Rabbi Meir said the support of sons is a mitzvah, uh, he didn't say that it's obligatory, and yet when we drew the inferences from our Mishnah, it turned out that Mizonos Beno is Chayev. So 
doesn't match Rebbe Meir. E Rebbe Huda Ha'omar Bonim Nami Mitzvah. As far as Rebbe Yehuda was concerned, he said that uh, Bonim, uh, as well as daughters, uh, are a mitzvah, not something uh, obligated. So that um, it's true that regarding the support of a daughter, uh, our Mishnah agrees there's a mitzvah, but Rebbe Yehuda said that Bonim as well, there is a mitzvah. But the way we inferred from our Mishnah, Bonim would be a chova, an obligation. So it doesn't match Rebbe Yehuda either. E Rebbe Yochanan ben Broika afilu mitzvah nami leka. As far as Rebbe Yochanan ben Broika is concerned, there isn't even a mitzvah, not with regard to sons nor daughters. And our Mishnah indicated that there is a mitzvah element. So, at this point, you can see we don't seem to have an author for our Mishnah. The Gemara responds, though, and as we said, we, basically it's a long answer, three-part answer. And we go through in a very systematic fashion, and you can see on the side we have a mivneh, a structural note where a trapezoid or volcano shape appears, highlighting the expression hachikomar, Gimel Efshorios Limantana de Masnisen. We have three possibilities as to whom we can ascribe authorship of the Mishnah. How each one will understand our Mishnah. So we now turn back to the Gemara. Four lines from the bottom. Our Mishnah is essentially saying as follows. Ho'av Bito. A father is not obligated to support his daughter. And likewise, he is not Chayev in supporting his son. Now this is this is again the understanding of our Mishnah, and you'll notice it's not like we learned initially through the inference approach. Through the inference approach, we suggested that the Beno is Chayev. Here we're saying, not so. One is not Chayev B'mezonas Bito, nor for B'mezonas Beno. Now, in, and, and now we infer, Ha Mitzvah the Bito Ika. However, there is a Mitzvah in, in supporting the daughter. Not obligation, but yes, Mitzvah. Kavachom Lebonim. And all the more so to support, there's a Mitzvah in supporting one's sons. So, when you uh, look back at the original Rebbe Meir in the Brisa, that's what he said. He said, there's a mitzvah in the support of both sons and daughters. That in mitzvah in supporting the daughters, and all the more so, a mitzvah in supporting the sons. Now, if you approach our Mishnah like this, without the inferences, then you have to ask yourself the question, why did the Mishnah feature a specifically one gender when the halacha applies equally to both? The fact that our Mishnah uh, featured Bito, the following is what the Mishnah wanted to communicate. That even with regard to one's daughter, who is a, we'll say, a, a, a lighter level concern, if you will. I, sometimes we, we, have, we have to offer interpretations that might 
jar the ears of those sensitive to what they call political correctness or what have you, but you have to analyze things in a, in a deep fashion and not be uh, overly sensitive to superficial modern considerations. So here we're going to tell you that even a daughter who is has this, we'll say, this lesser sense of urgency about her support because she is not Osek Batora. Even the daughter, but there is a mitzvah. Don't treat the, the, the daughter so lightly as to think that there isn't even a mitzvah. So the Mishnah went out, went out of its way to, to, uh, to um, teach that there is a, a, uh, a mitzvah. True, there's no chova, but there is a mitzvah even with regard to one's daughters. And as Rabbi Meir said, and all the more so with regard to one's sons, because they are engaged in Torah study. Ve'iboy asemo, Rabbi Yehuda, ve'hochi ko'omar. Ho'av eno chayov b'mezonos bito, ve'kol shikain livno. A father is not obligated to support his daughter. And if he's not obligated for a daughter, he's certainly not obligated for a son. Because according to this approach, the, the daughter, will say, is a greater concern of, of higher priority. And yet, the Mishnah tells us that a father is not obligated in supporting the daughter, and all the more so, he's not going to be obligated in supporting the son. But there is a mitzvah in supporting one son. The and all the more so there's a mitzvah fulfillment in supporting the daughters. The Hadikatani Bito, and once again, if as uh, we're presenting the Mishnah through the eyes of Rabbi thusly, why then did the Mishnah uh, feature only one gender, namely the daughter? What the Mishnah was trying to emphasize is the Afilu Bito. Even the daughter where there's this, this great concern of preservation of dignity. The Chashash Zilusa. Choiva Leka. There isn't a letter of the law obligation. A third approach. And let us understand the Mishnah thusly. Eino chayov b'mezonos bito, vuadin livno. A father is not obligated to support his daughter, and likewise, he's not obligated to support his son. Vuadin diafilu mitzvah nami leka, and it goes and and along with that, not only is there no obligation, there isn't even a mitzvah. Vidi debonois liachar misas avien chova, and. As far as the focus on the daughters, we say that since by the daughters, after the father's death, it will shoots up to being an actual obligation that they are to be supported. So, Tona uh, Nami, the Mishnah also in the in the early part used the expression Eino Chayov, but not to lead you on to think. That Eino Chayov leaves room to infer that there is a mitzvah. Why did the Mishnah say Eino Chayov? Not to infer no chiv, but there is a mitzvah, but Eino Chayov in contrast with the case of Achar Misa, when there is 
a chova, when he is chayev. So once again, what do we see? The, the theme uh, throughout these three answers is that though the Mishnah featured uh, uh, either a specific gender, bito, or it's, it featured a specific comment of eno chayev, it's not, these phrases were not there for making inferences. Each one with regard to its respective different author. As we continue in the Gemara, you'll notice uh, a, a section of Gemara is quite um, marked up. A lot of markings, a lot of geometric forms, shapes, and series markings. If you have available Daf Nun Amen Aleph as well, it's worth having uh, the ability to take a bird's eye view of this sugya ahead of time. So, you'll notice quite a few different shapes. Let's glance at the side of our Gemara. We have a Mivneh, and you see a crown shape feature. This highlights the name of Elah. And right after that, you see a triangle. Let's first feature the triangle. Um, the triangles that you see are five Takonus Usha. Shilfiu Kanba Gemara. Usha was the uh, the seat of of the Sanhedrin, the high court occupied uh, after its exile from the Beis Hamikdash, etc. It, it, it was in Usha, so there Usha was a place of uh, Talmudic scholarship, uh, a legal center, and as such, there were various takonos, various rabbinic enactments that originated there. The, the question will be dealt with in the Gemara whether or not those rabbinic act, enactments of Usha are binding. Uh, were they accepted? Uh, that is something that we have to discuss later. But in the, in the meantime, we'll refer to them as Takonos Usha. So first get yourself a, a certain bird's eye view of the Gemara. And you scan down, use the numbering system that you see to the immediate left-hand side of the Gemara text. Here on this Ahmed you see 1 and 2. If you scan up to Daf Nun Ahmed Aleph, you can see 3, 4, and 5, covering uh, most of the Ahmed. The first three of these, if you... Count, use your, your counting, your numbers, you'll see the first three are introduced by Rub Elaw. Uh, so that we, therefore, since you have this series aspect, and in addition to the series aspect, the Gemara is going to make a comment later uh, with regard to these three. So you'll see that Rav, when our note on the side where the crown shape appears, Rav Elaw may be Gimel Takonis Usha Rishonis Shafia Basugya. Revila will be responsible for bringing the first three. Now, I want to say something. I want to make a note of something that the Gemara will point out later on, but all all this has to do with structure. Notice the first crown shape. It says Omar of Elah, and there there are more names that follow. If you count Revila as the first, Aleph, Reishlokish Beis, Mishum Rebuda Bar is Gimel. So the first Takonas Usha presented our Gemara is presented. Uh, in, in, by using three names, namely Rav Ilah quotes Reish Lakish, who quoted Rav Yehuda Bar Hanina. The second triangle is introduced by, you see Rav Ilah, followed by Reish Lakish. No more names, though. It's two names, then, that introduce the second Takona. 
The third Takona Susha, notice at the top of the Afnun, third line from the top, you see the crown. And all you have there is Rav Ilah quoting Takonas Usha, it says in, in Usha they enacted whatever they did. And before you get to triangle number four, uh, you can see that on Daf Nun Oman Aleph, about a quarter of the way down from the top. Notice the line just above the fourth triangle. It says, Vesimonech. In order to remember um, something about these three Takonas, the uh, the, 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 the simon for them is Ketanim Kosu Bizvu. Those are three key words for appreciating the three Takonas that we just had. Now, if you go above that, two more lines above that, Omar of Simi Bar Ashi, Ushmuos Halolu, these teachings of Rab Ilah, who presents the Takonas Usha, Mismatois Vaholchos. They, as they continue, they get reduced as they can do. What does he mean they get reduced? So it's exactly what we were referring to before. The first Takona mentioned there were three names introducing it. The second, only two names. The third, Rabila by himself. So with that, you appreciate uh, what Rav Simi Ba'ashi is saying, Ushmuos halolu mismatos, from the word ma'at, mismatos volchos. They get reduced as you go on. And v'simonech, that's the three words there, are three words, there are key words, and with them, if you, after having studied what the three takonas usha are, you will appreciate that memory device. Now, the Gemara itself, after having mapped things out, we go into the Gemara text. We're focusing right now on the first crown shape that you see. Omer of Ilah, Omer Eshlokish, Mishum Rabbi Yudu Bar Chanina, Be'usha Hiskinu, in the city of Usha they enacted, She Odom Zon Es Bonov V'es Benoisov Kishahen Ketanim. There's a rabbinic enactment that a father must support his Children when they are minors, when they're ketanim. Uh, Rashi says, Achio Cyrus, until they produce pubic hairs. So that up till now, was prior to Usha, no obligation. We, of course, debated, we, is there a mitzvah or not? That was a machlokis tanoim, the way the Gemara finally explained things. But, and of course, we're talking right now about the father in, during his lifetime. So during his lifetime, when it, uh, as, as we'll say, as uh, time went on, in Usha there was an enactment that a father is obligated to support them. Ibayalaho. Now we have a new marking. The diamond is featured on the side of the Gemara, and it says a birur im We're going to be analyzing is the halacha like that? Uh, we didn't note, but we it's never too late. Under the uh, no say heading on the side we have no say number one with a triangle featured and we've written on the side the enactment in Usha is that a father must support his minor children the Gemara will conclude the Gemara will conclude the Halach is not like this the ain kaifin oisoi lazunam elarak mevakshim mimenu. We don't. We can't force him to support them, but we request of him to support them. 
a uh, dashed underline will appear. That's This will have value for what we will study on Daf Nun Omer Aleph. The double underline uh, that uh, uh, will appear shortly in the Gemara. Sidros shall mikrim a series of incidents shall anoshim shelo rotsu lozun es benehem aktanim a series of incidents of people that did not want to support their minor children and as we said before the diamond is here to evaluate whether or not we rule like usha the enactment there or not so now the Gemara. Is the halacha like him or not? Toshma, let us answer that, and we'll tell you ahead of time that the halacha is not like them from the following. Um, we'll say the following incidents. There's a uh, Rashi on the second narrow line. Toshma the less hilchas the halach is not like the Usha enactment. Rather, we turn to the Father, we request of Him, maybe He'll support them, but we won't force Him. According to the Takonas Usha, apparently, the Takona was that the Father is obligated, and along with the obligation comes the possibility of our forcing Him. But the Gemara is going to re, uh, is going to uh, conclude not so that there is no forcing. The Gemara continues now in the text Toshma Kihavu Asu When a case of a father that wasn't supporting his children came to Rav Yehuda, Omar Luhu, Rav Yehuda would tell uh, fathers like that Yarud Yoldo Abne Maso Shadya. Uh, Yarud is a type of wild animal, to Rashi because a tanin type of creature, uh, bears children, and then casts the children on the community for their support. Uh, of course, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite derogatory for a, a father to hear that, that here you're like a, a, you're like a wild animal, bears children, and then throws them out onto the public to be supported. Continuing in the Gemara, Kihava Osul Kamei Rav Chista. When cases like this would come to Rav Chista, he would say, "Kafu le asita betzibura velekum velema." Kafu is invert, and asita asita is a, a vessel. It's a type of a, um, it's a, in a uh, when you want to crush, let's say, uh, different spices, use a mortar and a pestle. So it's the the mortar is the we'll say the bowl. Uh, uh, so invert a an asita, in, in, invert this vessel, and then stand on it with the the bottom serving as a platform. Stand on it, and get up on it and say urva boy bone vahu boy bone. The urva type of bird. It's a a black bird. Uh, maybe it's often translated as a raven. It's a uh, the the uh, raven or the urva. Uh, cares for its children, and this guy doesn't care for his kids. So that he's basically saying, you know, you you're a father. Don't want you don't want to support your kids. You're worse than these birds. The um, 
Gemara introduces, you can see with our markings, we have a, a, a bracketed section. Uh, uh, following the brackets, you have another story uh, like that of a father that doesn't want to support, uh, to support his kids and how Rava deals with it. But in the brackets, is a technical question is raised as, uh, concerning the, uh, the description of uh, the birds, the Urva as being a bird that supports its kids. So now we, having said that, learn the the section in the brackets. The Urva boy Bunny, is that so that uh that the Orev cares for its kids? Voxiv. The Pusik says, Livne Oyrev Asheikro. The Pusik refers to the the uh the the offspring of the Orev that, that beckon uh that plead for support, indicating that the parent birds don't support them. Lo Kashia. There isn't any true, let's say, contradiction here. Habechivri, habeuchmi. Chivri means uh, light-colored or white. When they're freshly hatched, they're they're white. They're they're light in color. And the the orev, which is a black bird, so it it doesn't recognize the offspring. So it's at that point that the pasuk says, "If they orev you grow," that they beckon for support for uh, for for sustenance. However, Bu'uchmi, when they, when they get black, when they uh, um, age a little bit, so then they, the black, the feathers turn black, and the, uh, the parent birds uh, uh, take care of them. The Gemara continues, Ki have osi de when a parent that doesn't, when a father doesn't want to support his kids comes in the presence of Rava or Malay, Rava would say to the father, "Nicholach de mitzni bonecha mitzdaka." Would you prefer? Would you like uh, cha- charity funds to be used to support your children? The low amoron. The Gemara points out that everything we've said till now, namely that we don't force parents. We we plead with them. We might insult them, but we don't force them. This whole, the whole idea of not forcing Ella Delo Omid, assuming that the parent is not a person of wealth. Rashi says, Eno Oshir, Avil Omid. If he's a, a wealthy individual, Kafinon Lei Al Korche. We force him against his will. We're not going to view the support of children any less than we would standard charity. And when it comes to standard charity, even if you're not dealing with one's children. You're dealing with total strangers, but strangers in need of assistance. When you, uh, uh, when dealing with the wealthy, they are forced to contribute to the uh, to the charitable funds. de Rava Kafye the Rav Barami. Let us make the assumption that Rav Barami was a man of means. Rava forced him regarding stoka payment, the apik mine and and withdrew from him and and drew out of him Dalid Maya Zuzi Litstoka four hundred Zuz for stoka purposes. Could very well be that Ravnosan Brahmi had paid stoka but paid less than he could afford and he could afford more and because of that, because of his wealth, Rava was uh, was able to force him to come up with this amount. Omer Vila, Omer Eishlokish, Usha Hiskinu, another Takona Susha, there was an enactment made in Usha, 
and uh, on the side of the Gemara, we introduce this with a topic heading, no say, you see a triangle number two is featured, Takonos Usha, a, an, an enactment in Usha, the Mi Shekosav Kol Nechosav Levonav, a father who assigned, who rode over all of his uh, property to his children. Even if he wrote them over, assigned his property to them from right now. Who ishto nizonin mehem? That man, he and his wife, will continue to draw support from those properties. So even though when you look at things like very superficially, let's see, he gave he gave away all his properties. He gave them to his uh, to his children. It's not his anymore. Yet. In, in Usha, they enacted that someone who does that, he has a right to continue to uh, draw his own support from those properties. The Gemara. Omar, Reb Omar Eshlokish, Be'usha Hiskinu, they established in Usha, Akosiv Kol Nechosiv Levonov, one who assigns all of his properties to his sons, Hu Ishto Nizonin Mehem. Uh, the, the man, the father, and his wife can support themselves from those properties, even if he had assigned ownership of the properties to his son from right now. Now, the Gemara raises a question. You'll notice it's a long question. Rabbi Zeira, some versions have Rabbi Shmuel raising the question. Gedola Mizu Amru. This uh, expression. Gedola uh, Mizu Amru Rashi says, uh, looking at Rashi together, halfway down the Rashi commentary Gedola Mizu Amru Begedola Mizu Amru Kegon Almono Ubas in a, uh, say, a, in, a, in a bigger way, in a more extreme way, uh, we teach uh, an example of a widow and a daughter and the Venise Sabas and the daughter gets married. Shafapi Shu Mes Vanachosinishtabdu Lulokhtarabonan, even though the uh, the father died and the properties become um, bound to the husband, to his son in law, to the deceased son in law, the, the husband of his daughter. He's called a Lokhtarabonan. He has a Status of a of a purchaser on a rabbinic level, as as is the case with regard to a husband vis-a-vis his wife's properties, he's considered like a purchaser. and we have a rule: We do not. If a man sells his properties in a in, in a regular market sale, he sells his properties. The the wife of the seller cannot go to these nechosim, nechosim shubodim, property that is bound to others, in order to draw her mezonos. Afilu hachi, Rashi continues, Afilu hachi, hecha deleka lemechash letikun ha'olam, even in cases when, or even so, in cases when we don't have to concern ourselves with, we'll say, the the uh, thwarting of economic activity of commercial success of even without market 
considerations. Kagon kihai lokeach shalohotsimos, like this kind of purchase, or a husband vis-a-vis his wife's properties. He didn't spend money on those properties. All the more so where you have people that purchase properties, they spent money on it. Shavu rabonon kiyoresh. They, the Rabbonin view him, the husband of the deceased daughter, the son-in-law, as a as an inheritor, as a as an heir. The Amri, and as such, we say Tazunu Almana Baila. The Almona has a right to draw her support from her husband's, he's the deceased, from what that from that which was his properties. So now we see. Uh, in Rashi, of course, we haven't learned through the Gemara yet, but we see how far we go, and we'll say, in, well, even like bending the law, where you you have a a, a person classified as a lokeach, as a purchaser, and when it comes to the support of the widow, even though in standard lekuchos. We wouldn't allow her to draw her sustenance from them because that would upset economic effort. Why should I? Why, why would people buy and sell property when all of a sudden some uh, you know, some uh, lady can come out claiming that she has a, you know, she has rights to the, some of the value for her daily sustenance? That would upset economic activity. But when you don't have that consideration, when you're dealing with the husband of a uh, of one's daughter, this one son-in-law, and the deceased left an almona, she is able to draw support from those properties. So now, let's go back to the Gemara. We just learned that in Usha, they made a takona that uh, a man and, a, and his wife, if he assigns, if he gives away all of his properties, uh, he is still entitled to to uh, uh, derive his own support from those properties, he along with his wife. If that's the case, we're going to end up asking, well, we have a long question, we're going to end up asking, uh, we know that the Almona, in the case we read in Rashi, that even she is supported. So if you have a man that's dead and his and his and his widow is being supported from those properties, properties that were transferred to uh, to his daughter and son-in-law, all the more so it would be obvious that a man who's alive with his own wife, they certainly will be able to continue to draw support from his own properties. And and being that that's the case, what do you need a takonasusha for? So now the Gemara in the text with the long question. After having said that in Tanusha they made a takana uh, that that a man and a, uh, assigns all his properties to his child, he continues to draw his, his daily support from those properties. The Gemara is going to be asking, as we said, do you really need a takana for that? Is it not obvious? We've said. Even we've gone even further than what you claim to be the takona susha that an almona, a widow, uh, is uh, is to receive her support from her husband's his deceased husband's properties. So if that be the case, who v'ishto mi When the man himself is still alive, 
uh, uh, together with his wife, do I need to tell you? Do I need to make a special takona? It's, it's so obvious. It's, it's obvious from the halacha that an almona, she's a widow, the husband is dead, and she alone, she's able to draw support from her deceased husband's properties, all the more so when the guy's alive. And here now, the Gemara gives you all the background. Desholach Rovin Bigusei. Uh, uh, Rovin sent in a in a letter in a message. Uh, a man who dies and he leaves a widow and a daughter. Almanoso nizoynes minuchasov. The uh, if you if you have let's a certainly a man who leaves a very limited estate, so we will say that the uh, the almona will draw support from. His estate. Nisei Sabas, when the daughter gets married, Almanoso. Now, uh, we should point out that uh, a person who died leaving uh, an Almona Bas, the, the Bas, the daughter, she's considered the heiress. She's the owner of the properties. But even so, the widow, uh, she has a right, a super right, to draw her sustenance from. Her deceased husband's estate. When the bo- when the daughter gets married, now there's a uh, a son-in-law in the picture, and he's considered, as we saw in Rashi before, he's considered like a purchaser. Nevertheless, Amonosai Nizoynes Minachosov, the widow, derives her support from those properties, even though, in a case of a standard uh, seller of properties, uh, the uh, uh, we don't support uh, women or, or almonas from sold properties. That's what we saw before in the Rashi that there's no But in this case, uh, the uh, almona will continue to draw support from the deceased husband's properties, even though there's also a daughter of the deceased with a son-in-law. saw Habas. If the daughter dies, uh, and but the almona is still alive, and there's a uh, son-in-law that survives, Omar Rav Yehuda ben Achosel Shurab Yosi Bar Chanina. So Rav Yehuda, the nephew of Rav Yosi, Al Yodi Hoya Maisa, a case like that came my way, the Omru, and it was ruled Almanoso Nizoynes Minachasav. The almona continues. To draw support from that from that estate, the estate that was her used to belong to her deceased husband. It was inherited by the daughter, and then subsequently taken over, inherited by the son-in-law. But that almona continues to draw support from that property. Do, do I need to be told? Do I need a special takona that where the the original owner of the property is still alive? That he and his wife can that continue drawing support from that's obvious. What do you need a special takana for? Mahu detema. So I might have thought hasam in the case where the husband died and you have just an almona hasam who deleko de torah. She's alone. She's an almona. There's no one to care for her. Abulacha where the husband where the owner of the property is still alive, he is together with his wife, 
in this case where he's still alive, Nitrach Well, he gave over all his properties to his uh, to his son. Let him let him uh, trouble himself to go uh, seek uh, <coughs> some new employment, seek some type of new investment, and 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 support himself and his wife. Komash Malon, the Takana Susha says, no, we don't demand that of him. True, he assigned all his properties to his son from uh, immediately, but he doesn't thereby disconnect himself vis-a-vis uh, daily support from those properties. The diamond, as you can see, is again similar to above. We're asking, do we rule like that? Do we rule that a Kaysid Nechosov Lebonov, uh, 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 he and his wife uh, continue to draw support. Ibayalo, Is the aloha like Rev Ilah or not? Toshma, let's come and uh, bring a proof from the following. Let's try to answer from the following. Do Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Yunus, and Abu Kaimi. These two rabbis were standing, and also Haugavro, a man came along, Gochin Venashke, the Rabyunusan Akarei. Gochin he bent over and kissed Rabyunusan's feet. Omar Lay, Rabchanino, my hi, Rabchanin asked, What's going on over here? Omar Lay, Srabyunusan gives him the background. Kaisev Nechosov Levonavhu. Here's a guy that had written over all of his property to his son. The Asitinhu Lizone. Rashi at the top line of we're at the top of Daf Nun Amad Aleph. So Rashi at the top line says Vasitinu Kofisi Oisam Bechozka. I forcefully, uh, uh, I forcefully caused the son, the receiver of the property, to support his parents. Umibneisha Tarachti Olav Likonesto Lifnimishuasadin. And because I, I uh, expended uh, efforts beyond the letter of the law, therefore, Mechabiveni, he feels endeared to me. He, he endears himself to me. So what, are, what have we described here? We've, we've described a situation where Rav Yoinusun intervened on behalf of the father who had assigned all his properties to his son and going went out of his way beyond the letter of the law. In other words, what does the letter of the law suggest? That the son doesn't have to support his father. Look, he received it all, all as a gift from his father. And we have a cloud that Rashi made reference to earlier, Matona Kemecher, a, a gift is like a, is like a, uh, like a purchase. So he's a, he's, he's a stranger. He's out of the picture. He's uh, purchased some land. Some guy's going to come and say, hey, you, you know, you owe me support from the land you just bought. What kind of business is that? So that's the letter of the law, that the receiver of, uh, of a property where a father wrote over all his property to his son, the son is considered like a total outsider. And letter of the law, he doesn't have to support uh, the father. Rabbi Yonison went out of his way, though, beyond the letter of the law, and, and with, with a great deal of force and influence or whatever, he caused the son to support this man. What does that show you about our accepting the Takonazusha? <coughs> According to the Takonazusha, letter of the law stated that the son has to provide support to the father that had given over all his properties. You wouldn't need Rav to 
or Rav Yonason's efforts wouldn't have represented his going out of the way whatsoever. If uh, if uh, you're provided with things that are due to you by letter of the law, you don't have to then show a show a exceptional uh, um, gratitude towards someone like that. But now the Gemara, Iyamr's Bishlama Lavdina. If you say very well that we don't rule like the Takon Asusha, that it's not the Din. Takon Asusha said that uh, the, the sun has to support, and we're telling you that that is not the way we actually rule. Mishum Hachi Asainu. Therefore, uh, Rabbi Yonason had to go out of his way uh, with the influence and force and, and whatever he did. That's then, then the story is understandable. But if you say that all that Rav Yonason was doing was imposing the basic law on this guy that he has to support his father from the properties that he received from him, Asinu boy, you have to have some kind of exceptional uh, going out of the way. Uh, Tysus points out that this word Asitinu has to do with the words, verbal... Um, Efforts, not uh, court-imposed force, uh, not physical or other kinds of uh, imposed force, other than, we'll say, words, influence, convincing. So uh, Rashi, at the second line from the top, the Dina who, if the Takona Susha represented the letter of the law for us, represented what, we're, what we do, ain't kan gemilis toivo lo toivo, Shal Korcho Yishpon Emes. There isn't then uh, any uh, behavior on Rav Yonason's part that should uh, 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 um, arouse uh, special uh, affection toward him by this man. If it's the letter of the law, and Rav Yonason, as a leader, was only carrying out what's called the uh, the letter of the law, so that's what's expected. It's not grounds for showing uh, uh, um, ex- ex- exceptional affinity which in fact took place so the fact that in this story you saw this father being so uh, in, uh, so indebted to Rabbi Yonason, it must be that Rabbi Yonason did something that's not by not expected by letter of the law according to uh, the Takona Zusha it was letter of the law that the father should be supported so you see that that we don't accept the Takonas Usha. Omar Ravila, number three. Buusha Hiskinu, Hamevazves, Ayevazves, Yoisur Mechemish. Mevazves has to do with expenditures, and Rashi says, Laniem, one who is uh, giving charity to the needy, he should not give more than one fifth of his holdings, of his properties. The um, Rashi says, If you end up giving more than that, you'll end up endangering yourself financially and becoming needy. So you're not allowed to make yourself needy by uh, being uh, gracious to those that are already needy. Uh, Tesis adds an important piece of information. The second Tesis on the page, Yushami, the Yushami explains the first time a person is is uh, making a charitable donation, 
Yochol Levazvei Schoimesh. He can then, he can take 20%, one-fifth of all of his property, and give it to charity. Then next year, and you know, from that point on, each year, he gives a fifth of the profits that he uh, experienced that year. The uh, Gemara continues, Tanya Nami Hochi. We have a Tanaic source that supports this. One should not uh, spend more than a fifth, because by doing so, you're then going to make yourself uh, dependent on the community. There was an incident, there was, you know, he had someone that wanted to uh, spend more than a fifth, and the individual was prevented by his friend. Umanu, and who was that? Rabbi Yeshevov. That was Rabbi Yeshevov, who, uh, who did the, we'll call the prevention. The Ami Law, Rabbi Yeshevov, another version is this, Rabbi Yeshevov wanted to make the expenditure, and Rabbi Yeshevov's chaver didn't allow him. Umanu, and who was that? Rabbi Akiva. Omar Rav Nachman, Vitemo Ravacho Bar Yankiv. My Kro. What is the Pusik for this? The Pusik says, Yankiv Ovinu announces, Vicholashir Titain Li, and everything that you uh, give unto me, Aser Arasrenu Loch. Aser means a tenth. So we are assu- we'll assume that two tenths, that's a fifth. So that he uh, he announces that he will give a fifth uh, away. He'll give a fifth to Tzedakah. The Gemara asks, from Aser Asrenu, if you analyze things um, mathematically, you'll find that it's not a Chomesh. V'halo domi isura basra isura kama. The second tenth is not the same as the first tenth, so that you don't have an actual 20%. If, let us say, you start with 100, and you take off a tenth of that, so 10, say $100, and you take off a tenth, $10 charity. How much is left? $90. Take off a tenth of that, that's $9. Ten and nine—that's nineteen dollars from an original hundred. Now, the nineteen dollars is not quite twenty percent. Twenty percent would be twenty dollars. So when Yankov Avinu says "Aser Asreno," how can that be the source for a chomesh for a fifth? Omar Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi explains what was Yankov Avinu saying. The second tenth that I take off will be the same as the first tenth. Omar Rav Simi Barashi. Ushmuz Halalu, these uh, teachings of Rav Elah in presenting the Takonas Usha, Mismatois Vahochos. They are they, they they become less and less. The number of Amoroyim that are cited becomes fewer and fewer. In the first we saw three names. In the second, two names. And the third, Rav Elah himself. Just one name. The Simonech, in order to remember as a memory device, a mnemonic, for the 
the three takonas that we've learned, remember the following. Ketanim, Kosfu, Ubizvizu. Uh, literally, it would mean that the the uh, the little ones uh, rode out and spent. But for our purposes, what do you see? Ketanim. This was the halacha uh, concerning a the uh, expectation of a father to support his his children. Uh, Kosfu was the case of a person assigning all of his property to his son, and bizvazu is the <coughs> halacha of spending no more than a fifth of your holdings for charity. As you can see, the uh, series of Takonasu should continue, but uh, Mirza Shem will leave, will continue with that in our next year.